So this morning, as we uh, continue through our Gospel of Luke summer series here at Fork, I want to start off this morning by asking you two really important questions. The first question is this, are you the kind of person that Jesus wants in his kingdom? Are you the kind of person that Jesus wants in his kingdom? Now, that might seem a little bit personal, like I'm invading your headspace a little too much this morning. You know, that private place that's reserved just for you. Because it could be that you came in today or you're watching online and you have some serious doubts. You're not sure that you fit, or worse yet, you might fear that you're not good enough to fit. Hang on to that question. The second one is this. Are you the kind of person that welcomes everyone into Jesus' kingdom? Are you the kind of person that welcomes everyone into Jesus' kingdom? Awesome. I love it. I absolutely. Well, big hand. Yes. Thank you for being here and for listening. That was beautiful. Today's teaching is just eight short verses. But in these lessons from lepers, I want every listener to know that they indeed have a place in the kingdom. And that it's the responsibility of all of us as a church to provide that welcome. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you got your paper Bible, your app, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17. I want to mention to you that if you're new this Sunday and you're like, oh, you guys are going through Luke and you're already in 17, we're not going chapter by chapter and verse by verse. You know, instead, we're just taking a few weeks to look at some significant moments that Luke records for us in the life of Jesus and in his ministry. So for that reason, I want to encourage you throughout this summer, spend some time reading through the entire gospel or book of Luke on your own. But for now, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, well, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, maybe you've read that passage before. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it, but I'm guessing as we read through these verses, you've probably already found some points in there that are worth some additional conversation. Perhaps you've found some points in there that have provided some personal conviction for you, or maybe simply just some confusion. Now, this passage, unlike parables, which are those, you know, earthly teachings with a heavenly kind of message, this is not a parable. This is a piece of history. This is an actual account. Some would call it a story. I sometimes don't like to use the word story because we think, well, it's like what we would tell a kid as we're reading a nighttime book to them or, you know, embellishing some tale uh, around a campfire. But it's, it's a factual piece of history. And even though it's not a parable, there are still some heavenly or spiritual truths to be found in these words, in this teaching. There's words in here that speak to us about the way that Jesus relates to us. And there are words in here that relate to the way that we should relate 
to others. So let's dive in. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. Now, the fact that Jesus and his followers are on a journey and they're headed toward Jerusalem, and in doing so, they arrive at the border of Galilee and Samaria, well, that might not seem like such a big deal. But when you think about it, even now in the 21st century, uh, borders are a big deal. But even more so, this one was a big deal. So think about it. When we think about borders, we might think about when we were younger, when we were a child, and we were learning to color, and we were supposed to keep within the borders or stay within the lines. Or maybe when you think of border, you think of your landscaping, you think of that edge around your flower garden, and you think of that property line between you and your neighbors. Oftentimes when we think about borders, we're thinking about geographical borders, that space you know, in between countries or that line that separates one country from another. One doesn't have to look very deeply into the news to find uh, a story about a border conflict between a couple of nations or to find op- opposing views and opposing solutions of enforcing immigration, you know, the border between the United States and Mexico. Why, just last week it was announced that due to COVID, that the land borders between the United States and Canada are going to stay closed at least until later in this month. So sorry for you if you planned a trip to Niagara Falls because you're stuck on the American side. Anyway, sometimes when we think of borders, we think of walls, we think of fences, and we think of those things that are designed to keep things in. But more often than not, when we think about borders, we think about those things that are put in place to keep people out or keep things out, to keep those things that are unwanted on the outside. And that's not necessarily bad. I mean, nobody wants deer and rabbits getting in their garden. Nobody wants wild animals getting in and eating your livestock. You don't want ants and spiders crawling across your kitchen floor, right? We want them to stay outside. But historically speaking, borders have often been built to both literally and figuratively. They're built with the sole person of keeping people out who are not like us. People we just don't want. Now, whether we want people to stay out because of their age, because of their race, because of their religion, because of their moral condition, or as we've seen in increasing measures over the last year, because of their physical health, whether we care to or not, we do our best to keep those borders up between us and them. And that's nothing new. I mean, it was the same in Jesus' day. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. Now, this was a geographical border, so to speak, but it represented so much more. This border represented oppression, and it represented discrimination. This border promoted elitism and classism. See, historically speaking, about 720 years before Christ, the Assyrians took captive many of the nation of Israel, those inhabitants of Israel. And the Jews that remained, they intermarried with foreigners. They intermarried with others who weren't part of the chosen nation of Israel. And so there was this defiling of the bloodline. There was the adoption of some of the Assyrian pagan worship practices And then there was the choice to no longer go to Jerusalem to worship the true God, but instead to worship there at home. And it caused this great division, this great split between those who considered themselves to be true Jews and those who would be later looked down upon 
as Samaritans. And here in this passage that Luke records us of the account of the ten lepers, Jesus stood at the border of Galilee and Samaria, knowing full well that he was headed to Jerusalem to give his life to remove not only the border between the Jews and the Samaritans, but that he was coming with a message of reconciliation for all who would place their faith in him. So as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Well, let's talk about lepers. Not leopards, right? Not those strong, sleek, spotted cat animals. But these were men and women who had a skin disease. A disease in which the nerve endings of the skin didn't feel anything. They were deadened to the point that there was no pain felt And especially in the extremities, the victims of leprosy were a mess. Whether it was from burning or freezing or cutting or bruising or breaking, they were damaged even further by infection and the inability to heal. The disease was disfiguring. It was debilitating. It was disgusting. And it was religiously unclean. You see, in Jesus' days, those of the Jewish faith, those who attempted to live according to the laws of Moses, they were fully aware that when one had a skin disease such as this, that they were considered by all to be unclean. We're not talking a simple poison ivy or heat rash. We're talking a major infectious disease, something to not be messed with. In the Old Testament part of our Bibles, um, there's a book called Leviticus. It's part of the original law that was for the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel had all these laws. In the book of Leviticus, there was almost an entire chapter dedicated to skin diseases. Um, Leviticus chapter 13, you're welcome to go read it another time. But I'm going to sum it up with these couple of verses um, out of Leviticus 13, verse 45 and 46. It said, those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing, leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. And as long as a serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. And these 10 lepers that Jesus encountered, well, they knew it. They were unclean. And when they were unclean, it changed everything. You see, when one was diagnosed with leprosy, they would lose their jobs. They would lose their homes. They would lose their families. They'd lose their security. They would lose their worth. They would be labeled. They would be lost. And it was as if life as they knew it had come screeching to an end. The lepers became unwanted. They became left on the outside. I wonder this morning, have you found yourself there? Have you found yourself feeling labeled, feeling lost, feeling that the choices you have made or the choices that others had made for you have caused others to avoid you? Have your addictions caused others to shun you? Have your mistakes left a mark? Have your sins that look different from the sins of other people caused others to leave you feeling like damaged goods, unwanted, unneeded, unaccepted, unloved, left on the outside. 
Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The ten leopards didn't ask for healing. They just cried out for mercy. And which of us does not feel or have felt the need to cry out to Jesus for mercy? Uh, It's possible that in your desperation, your frustration, and your failed expectations that you have cried out to and, and even tried out every other source of comfort. It's possible that you've exhausted all the help or all the solutions that society has to offer, but you've never yet cried out to Jesus. It's also possible that you, just like the lepers, have cried out for mercy because you didn't know what else you might need. See, you and I, we all have a disease, and it's not a disease of the skin. It's a disease of the heart. The Bible calls it sin. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These guys, these lepers, they didn't know what would happen when they cried out to Jesus. They just knew they had to try. His reputation preceded him, and out of desperation, they cried out to him, knowing that even if he wouldn't do something for them, that he had the power and the authority and the ability to do something for them. And friends, just like the ten lepers, we need to cry out, and in response, Jesus will meet us there. He will give us what we need And we too will see that not only does Jesus have the authority, but also the ability to make something new out of our lives. Are you crying out to him? Are you giving him permission to do something new with your life? As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Luke, earlier in his book, in one of the earlier chapters, tells an account of where Jesus reached out and touched a man who had leprosy. But Jesus didn't touch these guys. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't rub dirt on them or bandage them or pour oil on them. He didn't command them to go and fast and pray or wash in a river. He didn't say, I know a good doctor. He just simply said, go show yourselves to the priests. Why priests? Well, the lepers knew and Jesus knew. They knew the law. They knew that just as there was a whole chapter in the book of Leviticus describing skin diseases and what to do with them, that there was also nearly a whole chapter dedicated to all the things that the priests must do to ensure that one was actually entirely healed from their skin disease and could once again return to society. And it stood to reason that without a healing, there was no need for a priest. So faith dictated that they should go. And they did. You see, these 10 lepers knew that with their healing, that with meeting with the priest, that they could once again have right standing with their family, right standing in their community, and right standing with their God. They would once again be clean. So these guys couldn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. But with just a word from Jesus, they were on their way to restoration. 
and this and that where we may find ourselves. Unable to earn it and not good enough to deserve it. Yet recognizing that with a word from the Lord that he can restore us, give us right standing with God. I wonder this morning, do you need restored? Do you need to be made clean? Uh, We all do. Although we don't always see the immediate results, when our faith is placed in Jesus, he declares us clean. And then he is just in this ongoing process of making us whole. These 10 lepers, they didn't have immediate healing. There was still a long way to go to get to Jerusalem. A long way to go to the place to find the priest. And their journey of faith, in essence, had just really begun. Jesus, listen, he could have touched them. He could have healed them on the spot. He could have just spoken the word. But he sent them packing. Leprosy and all. And I wonder, when I read this passage, were they disappointed? Were they wishing he had done more? Did they hope for an immediate cure? And when we think about our own lives, how often we wish that Jesus would fix our trials in an instant. That he would remove our addictions with a snap of his fingers. That he would restore our messes like magic. Jesus doesn't usually work that way. How much faith the lepers must have had to take him at his word and just start walking. To leave what little comfort that they had. To leave the familiarity of their current normal. To recognize that to be healed of their condition would mean a change in everything. And they chose to walk. Oh, they did so trust him. Trusted that he was who he claimed to be. Trusted that he could make good on his promises. And that following his command at that moment was better than any life that they were currently living. What about you? Do you trust so much that Jesus is all he claims to be? That you would leave behind the comfort of your struggles? That you would leave behind the familiarity of your normal no matter how horrible it is? recognizing that by taking a step in following Jesus, that it would change everything. Luke doesn't tell us how far they walked. He doesn't tell us about the conversations that was certainly taking place among the 10. But from what happens next, I'm certain they were at least out of sight of Jesus and out of earshot. So as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Oh, Luke doesn't tell us when the change happened. He doesn't tell us when the healing occurred. And I'm just kind of envisioning this picture of these 10 guys with leprosy, you know, missing fingers and toes and all this stuff. And they're just walking to Jerusalem, you know, and pretty soon, you know, one of the guys looks over, you know, they got nicknames for each other because they're missing body parts. Hey, lefty. And he turns back and says, what pinky? 
uh, your skin, it's, uh, it's coming back. And he looks back and says, holy cow, yours is too. I mean, can you imagine seeing your friends being healed before your eyes, before you even realized that you were being healed? And so they kept on walking. And Luke didn't tell us when the healing happened, but we know when the healing began. The healing began the moment that they placed their faith in him. I wonder this morning, do you remember when Jesus met you where and when you were in your worst state? When you were so desperate that you cried out to Jesus, having no idea what he would expect or require from you and no idea what his response might be to you. And before you knew it, you realized that Jesus had made you new again, that he had made you whole, that in the midst of your mess, he showed up. Do you remember when, like the outsider, like the Samaritan, that you fell at his feet in gratitude? I wonder, church, when was the last time that you did that? When was the last time you thanked the Lord for the salvation that he brought you? As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Some translations of the scripture would say, your faith has saved you or your faith has made you well. The question begs to be asked, where were the other nine? Did they make it to the priest? Did Did they stay healed? Oh, we don't know. We don't know what happened to them. But for the one who returned, the one who'd been labeled and lost, the one who had been unwanted, left on the outside because of his past, because of his race, because of his sin, and because of his sickness, for him, the border had been removed. For him, the relationship had been restored. For him, life was made new. What about me? What about you? Friends, if you are still on the outside, Jesus wants to meet you at your border and he wants to tear it down. You see, no matter your past, no matter your present, no matter the current course for your future, Jesus wants to start you on a new journey. He wants to make you clean again. He wants to heal you, to save you, to make you well. And he wants to start that in your life today. And your choice of what you do when you meet Jesus at the border of your life, will determine your destiny. But for those of us who've already experienced the new life that Christ brings, I believe the account of the 10 lepers calls for us to look more, to live more, and to love more like Jesus. I met a new friend the other day. And he shared a little bit of his life with me. And upon learning that I was a pastor, he he said to me, I'm not the kind of guy you would want in your church. I replied, you're exactly the kind of guy I would want in my church. 
You see, in the words of Jesus, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. You see, the account of the 10 lepers, it should demonstrate some things for us. It should demonstrate the need for us to see people as Jesus sees them. To see their hurts and their brokenness that oftentimes are either not noticed or willfully ignored by others. The account of the 10 lepers should help us to recognize that all around us are people who are treated as invisible or unlovely because of how they look or who they are or where they came from or how they sin. The account of the 10 lepers shows that Jesus clearly sees them and loves them and he calls us to do the same. He calls us to offer them a welcome, to offer them a safe place, a place of acceptance, and a place to be made well. And just as our choice of what we do when Jesus meets us where we are will determine our destiny, our choice of what we do with the people living on the outside may determine their destiny as well. Let's pray. Jesus, for those of us in the room that you met in our messes and you met in our brokenness and you met when we were on the outside and you have saved us, you had declared us clean and you are in the process of making us new, we thank you. Like the Samaritan that returned, recognizing that he had been healed, we take this moment to fall at your feet, Jesus, and say thank you for the salvation that has come. Thank you for meeting us at the border and tearing it down so we could have a relationship with you. And God, for those in this room who've never made that choice, who even right at this very moment might be saying, Jesus, thank you for meeting me at my border. I step over it in faith. I walk towards you in faith, recognizing, hoping that all those things that you say are true and the promises you've made will be fulfilled in me and that I can be made new. I pray, Jesus, that you would step into those people's worlds, that you would walk alongside them right now, that they would see the healing and the restoration that comes from a relationship with you. Jesus, help us to recognize that you are a border crosser, that you are a love giver, and help us to treat others, to love others in the same way. It's in your name we pray. Amen.